when I would always look at like to my background, Rich, you bleed, you breathe. What are you going to do? Beat me up? Like I, I could hurt you too, or I could outsmart you, or I could out talk you because when it comes down to it, we're all fucking human. Welcome to Dope Conversations with Dave Carroll and Friends. Despite my early life being filled with trouble, mistakes, and eventually going to prison, I've been able to open up multiple seven-figure businesses and we are reshaping the landscape of how direct mail marketing works for local businesses. In this podcast, we're gonna combine business, life challenges, triumphs, and the decisions that define us. Together, we're gonna elevate your business, enrich your personal journey, or maybe just indulge in some genuine conversations with friends, industry giants, and other thought leaders that I want you to hear more from. Let's fill your cup and dive in. Here we go. All right, welcome back to Dope Conversations with Dave, Carol, and friends. And we are now getting to business. Like we've done a lot of personal so if you've been on the ledge waiting to like hear about business practices, we're going to talk about it. And it's probably very similar entrepreneurial story to a lot of people, which is it's just sloppy. You know what I mean? It's not just like this organized, oh, I have this beautiful business plan and I got funding and oh, I had all the support I needed and my, I fucking 3X'd in, in the first you know year. Right. You were cleaning windows. And yeah. last episode you said, I got a tax ID and I asked you why. You're like, I don't know, something along the lines of just that you just did it. Yeah. Let's yeah, talk about like, it. So I look at like people's journeys and their careers and like it comes from a couple different places. You grew up and your mother or father did something. So mm-hmm. you were like born around it. Sure. You found a passion early, middle, late in life and when you got educated, maybe you went to school, maybe you had a job doing something and you like a lot of entrepreneurs like, man, I can do this better than this knucklehead owner. Maybe I'm going to go out on my own yeah. or some version of like you saw a problem and you wanted to solve it. Mm-hmm. And people that I've talked to, whether it's like, you know, adverse backgrounds, corporate backgrounds, whatever, blue collar stuff, doesn't matter. A lot of times business started when someone identified a problem sure, and then came up with a solution. Yep. And so like for me, I joke with buddies of mine that are in like different industries and stuff like I started a window cleaning company because it was like the only thing I was really exposed to. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know anything you else. Couldn't get another job. Basically. I had no clue. But yeah. I like. I never, for me, and like maybe because of my felonious background or whatever, (laughs) I feel like I never in my life really thought like, Mike, I'm going to go get a job or go have a career or go do whatever. And for any of you like watching, listening that can relate, it's like my mom owned stores coming up and it'd be like, she would do, she'd have these stores where it was like she had a children's clothing store. And that was like the one she had kind of successful here in St. Paul mm-hmm. growing up. It was like a staple kind of in the neighborhood type of thing. Yeah. That was the only one she really got right. Then she got into this, like, she'd be like going to Goodwill and buying shit and then like retagging Flipping? it. Oh yeah. Like that's <laughs> that mentality, like the Gary V shit. Yeah. The flip game. <laughs> it totally. That was mom. Miss flip. And basically like I grew up watching that. And Joe, we were talking about this at dinner last night with the subconscious efforts of like TV commercials or billboards. Mm -hmm. Mom wasn't sitting me down telling me like, you need to start a business, but it's all I saw. I didn't see someone punching a clock, nine to five, coming in. I saw someone like waking up, having their time to get their kids ready, Mm -hmm. going to work, crazy day, 
coming back, probably bringing some work home, yeah. doing books at night. Like yeah. I just saw that shit, but no one sat me down and was like, this is what entrepreneurism is. This is what like taking an entrepreneurial journey is. And then my father, he, he was into like real estate developing. He was into some other like business stuff. But for me, I never saw anything different. So I didn't have this desire, yeah. like I got to go start a business. It was the only thing I knew or were exposed to. But you to. also didn't have, so Chris Rock always says, you're only as good as your options. So it's like with your background, it's not like you get jobs and have your heart set on being a VP of sales at whatever. It doesn't sound like yeah. that's something you would want to do anyway. But so you were leaning into what you saw. You just didn't have the kind of pushing down of information on how to I'll, do it. I'll make it even more simple. I'm just fucking impatient. I was yeah. like, I saw a window cleaning company and it was the only thing that I've ever seen legitimate business-wise. Yeah. And I was like, that's the most, like, as humans, we're predictable creatures. Yeah. And we do what makes us comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of saw this. I knew it. I had worked there for a couple months. And like anything, back to a previous discussion we had, like, it's not that because I was into selling drugs or something that I was like exceeding in this business. But very quickly it went from like, I was washing windows mm -hmm. and then he had me doing some sales. And then he had me like up selling like party city. If you're familiar. Yes. When I opened my window cleaning company within 60 days, I locked down the account for every party city in the state to Talk. wash the store from windows. How? And <laughs> dude, I just like saw someone do this shit before. So like, I have this concept in life that like, if you put on a safety vest, you can get away with fucking anything. <laughs> And so like, if you remember like the Nextel Chirp apps, <laughs> yeah. there's Voxer. Voxer's still around, right? People yes. still use Voxer with the walkie-talkie app. So I saw these guys that were getting work from property managers. It was like that commercial work. You know, you can do work for houses, but if you start getting like commercial work and strip malls, like that's next level shit where it's mm -hmm. like a bigger check or a big, yeah. you would think that it's not always the case. <laughs> but what I saw was these guys were going out and doing what they would call unsolicited bids. They would go see a strip mall that was dirty and they'd be like, put together a price to clean it. And then then like walk into the property manager's office and give them the price on that strip mall. Mm -hmm. They just do the back end work. I'm like, there's an easier way to do this. So what I would do is I'd go out in the morning, drive around, throw on a safety vest. And I'd look at a strip mall and I'd be like, okay, in this strip mall, there's a Great Clips, a Subway, a Chad's Dog Food, a Rich's Gym. And I'd look, there's like, there's corporate, there's franchise and there's local. Well, I came to the term that it was more likely that a local person will have like a business owner that's like yeah. intimate or someone's whatever. I was looking for like the 17-year-old Subway employee. That's who my target was on. So I'd find the, the great clips, the Subway, and I'd walk get myself all worked up. And before I'd walk in, I'd like open the door, fire off Voxer and be like, Chuck, hold on one sec. Ma'am, I need the property manager's information to whoever manages the water access at this strip mall immediately. We're going to have to do work here. I wasn't lying. Like if we got the job, <laughs> we we're going to have to do work there. But I would get the property manager's contact information, not have to look it up online or get on Zoom info or like do some shit. And I'd go around and like build these portfolios. And then I'd go in and like get it, my foot in the door and present these bids. To, I did this to Party City. And it was just like, I had seen someone, you hear me say a lot, like steal like an artist, mm -hmm. go find something that's, that's beautiful, that's working, that's already kind of, and just put your spin on it. An artist doesn't get inspired by staring at a blank piece of paper. Mm -hmm. They go have a relationship. They go on a vision. They go on a journey. They draw from something in their life. And as an artist, they get inspired to do their version of something that they saw or their perception of it. Mm -hmm. And so when I would always look at like 
to my background. Rich, you bleed, you breathe. What are you gonna do, beat me up? Like I, I could hurt you too, or I could outsmart you, or I could out talk you because when it comes down to it, we're all fucking human. So from business, I was always like, there is someone in the world that has this more figured out or is where I want to be. And instead of like looking at this painful ass journey of how to figure out where they got, what if I just look at what they're doing, 100%. put my spin on it. And I go back to wake up a little earlier, sleep a little bit later, do what I say I'm going to do. It would expedite the business side of things. So when I go back to like, why did I open a window cleaning company? It's all I knew. Mm-hmm. How did I go excel faster in that window cleaning company or grow it to a point where like two, three years into the window cleaning industry, I'm giving like presentations around how to get work from property managers. I have all these people from like different associations and different things. And again, like Facebook is just coming out. So I'm like doing videos to help people going out. There's no blueprint to this shit like there is now as much. Sure. But I was just sharing. I wanted some spotlight. I wanted some attention similar to where I was at previously in my life where I'm like, I know I'm doing something. I know I like it. I'm inspired by getting people inspired. How do I put this in front of people? But I would just, where I can define any success in my home service company that I built to seven figures a year within seven years and then removed myself. And I've owned that thing for 14 years. I haven't set foot in the building in three years. I haven't been there. I don't know the name of the people that work for us. (laughs) I don't know the jobs that go. And that's not me being like, oh, it's responsible. I made my mind up that that's what a business is supposed to be. There's always this question in specifically a home service business where you're like doing labor or Mm -hmm. trades or shit like that. You're like, how do I get off the truck? So I'm wearing all these hats. I'm answering the phones. I'm doing invoices. I'm running bids. I'm buying equipment. I'm fixing problems. I'm putting out fires. I'm shaking hands, kissing babies, doing all this shit. How do I stop doing that? Mm -hmm. Because we all get in the first one to three years in business and that's very common, like doing everything you need to do. Yes. Now you start listening to whatever level of person that you're digesting their content and they're like, hire an office manager, hire a bookkeeper. My thing was like, how do we get to seven figures and how do I get off the truck? I don't want to be doing the work. I don't want to be answering the phones. I want to do the sales or the bids or whatever. How do you, real quick, for earlier entrepreneurs that might be listening, and early I would categorize like between the first and fifth year, right? Like, and I'm in that category and I'm trained by the Hormuzis and Vaynerchuks of the world to be like, nothing happens for a decade. Like, I just kind of like, you know, it could. I'm just kind of like, okay, long, long runway. But yeah, like you're saying, in those first few years, you're going to come to the realization, part of it is you just don't want to do that work. But how do you know anymore? How do you know when you can afford to move away from it and offload it to other people and that the business is in good enough health? Do you know what I'm saying? You got to ask yourself scary questions Mm -hmm. and be okay with the scary answers. Okay. Rich, how much do you value your time? Like we can all get to a point of like grinding, working those. We've all done it. The 12, 14, 16, Mm -hmm. 18 hour days, five hours of sleep right back at it. If you can simply take a step back and realize there's one number that is more important than any other number in the world. It's 1440. It's how many minutes you have in the day. And you get to choose. You got to eat, you got to sleep, you got to shit. What are you doing with the rest? To delegate that time. And how fast do you want to get to where you're going? Mm-hmm. Now we have to question ourselves. This is where we get into the scary questions. As an entrepreneur in that startup phase, year one to three, I don't have to ask most people how bad they want it. They mm-hmm. want it pretty fucking bad. Yes. They started their business. They went out on this limb. They went and did this shit. But it's like, how much pain do you want to tolerate? Mm-hmm. 
How much do you want to be in a spot? It's always scary to hire employees or how am I going to pay this person 50, 60, 70, 80 plus K a year? I'm not making that. How do I afford it? And you got to pay yourself. You got to be fucking comfortable yeah. being uncomfortable because that's right. what you signed up for. The E and EIN is for ego. You got to <laughs> check that shit at the door because your feelings about a lot of this stuff, it's an emotional roller coaster. Hiring people and taking risks to get out of the position you don't want to be in is like, it goes to your risk tolerance. Some people are cool being in the spot for a certain amount of time. I go back to my journey. I'm having a, a vision right now around like me and Bryn, we had just had our daughter, Adea. I had taken out a loan for a van, second vehicle for our cleaning company, 450 bucks a month. The assurance was $150. Mm-hmm. We couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. Could not afford it. I had to drive that van courier overnight running packages for this fucking, it was like computer company or some shit just to be able to justify to make those payments. And I remember my mom asked me like, why the fuck are you doing this? So hold on. So you were doing, you were moonlighting. Moonlighting? Yeah. My cleaning company, because remember, we're in like power washing, window cleaning, gutter cleaning. Guess what you don't do in January in Minnesota? Power wash houses. (laughs) So I have these bills. No one taught me how to do this shit. I'm like, we have the expenses. We have our monthly stuff. I'm trying to balance all this. And I don't have some fucking finance degree. I don't know about any of this shit. I know about drug math. The worst part is taxes. No one tells you you to pay your estimated taxes. None of it. (laughs) So I go to like my monthly expenses and I say, I have a truck that's like the work truck. It's my personal vehicle, whatever. But I knew we were going to expand next year. Yep. And I finally got approved. Like I had like a 540 credit score for this van for 10 grand. That was like a piece of shit that like I finally got approved for. And we came with the 2,500 bucks down that they required or something. And I was like, I remember thinking like, should I wait to get this van? And I was like, no, we can use it at the end of the season. And then I can figure out how to make this money for it. And I was like, how can I pay this money? And it wasn't the smartest decision for my time, for my 1440. I was probably spending a little too much time for the money I was getting back. But I had made the decision that we were going to scale the business next year. So I was going to do whatever the fuck it took to have two vehicles right away in the spring to hit the ground running because I knew I could hire. I knew I could like get in front of it and do the sales. But you can't do more work if you don't have more vehicles to get people to job sites. It's your bottleneck. Yeah, but it was just like- It It would have been. It goes back. One thing I can credit, we talked about this in a previous episode too, where it's like, you know, Dave, from your background with getting in trouble, selling drugs, doing whatever, one thing that it put me in the position of, of like, I think I have an unfair advantage of is like, you're telling me that I could just lose money here. I'm not going to lose my time. Can't take my time away from me. I can still go work. But if I fuck off this decision, it's just money. Great. I know how to go make more money. Is there a cell phone? Is there the internet? Do I have a tool that I can go do? Like, I got into this spot where I think one of my unfair advantages in business is I don't really get scared easily of much. And with business, it's like, yeah, I still get that fear that up late at night, we got expenses coming. How are we going to figure this out? How are we going to do it? I've always thrived with my back to the wall. It's a comfortable position for me to be uncomfortable, just going into my background and the stuff that I've been exposed to in my life. And I think that's one thing that's given me the unfair advantage in business. And what I try to talk to people about, it doesn't matter about your background. When you make the decision to go all in, you don't still have a part-time job. You're not still moonlighting at your old work to have this safety. I don't come from a place of security and safety. And so when I talk to people that are just starting their business or they're into their business a little bit much, it's like, have you gone all in? Have you truly fucking gone all in and felt that like, 
if I don't go do this, my family wouldn't eat. Or I'm, you know, like running a business is hard. Doing your taxes is hard. Hiring people and building systems is hard. You know what else is fucking hard? Working at McDonald's. I don't want to know what that life is like. I'd rather choose my hard and accept that and go through it. And so when I think about like all those emotions, all those feelings, all the things we have, especially in that year one, three, five in business, you know what I'll tell you? Being in business for 14 years, it doesn't fucking go away. Mm-hmm. It gets worse. Everyone says that, yeah. It, 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 like you would think as you're growing businesses, it all gets more simple. No, there's more people, there's more opinion, there's more systems, there's more process. And that should be exciting. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not excited about that, that's when you go to the decision of who do I hire first? What hat do I take off? What position do I want to be in your business? You got to be self-aware enough to look in the mirror and be like, what am I good at? What do I like doing? What do I not like doing? And what do I suck at? Yeah. And like, it, it sounds easy to be like, yeah, David, be great. I just started this business three years ago and you're telling me I have to go hire three people to save my minutes. It's like, yeah, how hard do you want to work to be in that position? How much can you back out the goal that it would take to do the sales, to make the money, to make the position? We're like, dude, you hire someone for 80 grand a year. It's like you owe their salary up front the next day. You pay these people monthly. You pay them <laughs> bi-weekly. How much do you have to come in? What is that seat worth in your business? How much does that seat cost? What increase do you have to have? What does that seat produce? It's like, Hermosi says this shit a lot. Business is easy. When you get into the boring business shit, I'm a visionary. I'm not some disciplined bean counter system fucking process guy. That's pain for me. I can get it so far. But what I've realized in my career, there's a point to it where like, I'm nothing without my team and my people. We all say that. It's a very cliche thing, but like, I'll tell you today right now. I couldn't be sitting here recording with you for however many days, week, whatever Mm -hmm. we do, if I didn't have the people in place, you know how I did that? I took the fucking risk when we didn't have the money to decide what do we got to do? Cause I see that seat. Mm-hmm. I know what we got to do. Are we going to get there tomorrow? Are we going to get there next week. Mm-hmm. Are we get there next month, next year. How important is that to me mm-hmm. to set the goals? Cause as the visionary, as the founder, as the owner of a business, like no matter what anyone says, it's all on you. Yeah. How much are you going to own that exercise? I'm good at this. I like doing this. I'm not good at this. I don't like doing this. And like every business owner's goal, in my humble opinion, want my two pennies on it. If you opened a business, it should be towards working, like towards a goal where like you get to do what you want to all day. Hmm. What is that? You could love running sales calls. You could love training and hiring new employees. You could do, you got to look yourself in the mirror and figure out like, what do you actually like doing? Mm -hmm. And where Hermosi says business gets easy is like, you just back out the fucking goals to get to that point and now come to terms with yourself. Like how impatient are you and how hard are you going to work to get it to, to that point? You said, I made the decision that we were going to scale. Everything you've talked about in this episode is all tied around an abundance mindset, despite a past that would make you, people think you had very scarce resources, attention, love, factors to succeed and everything yeah. like that. So as we kind of like wind down here, if you're in that beginning entrepreneur and they don't have that abundance mindset of you yet, which I think takes a while to get to, if they're not in the position where it's like, I can burn the boats or whatever, what is the single thing that they need to be able to evaluate to say, there is no option B? Simple. Why are you doing this? Success in life is cliches. 
What's your why? We hear this all the time mm -hmm. from influencers, from yeah. gurus. Identify your why and you'll never, you know, find what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah, sounds fucking great. <laughs> why are you doing what you're doing? Why? Why did you start this company? Well, I wanted freedom. I didn't want to go punch a clock anymore. Did you realize what came with that? <laughs> you're punching two clocks. Three. Yeah. You have your family, you have your life, oh, you have yeah. your business. Oh, None yeah. of that shit turns off. Hopefully you're in a spouse doesn't just give you hell for this crazy decision you made. But like, I remember the days, and again, I'm not old yet. I'm working on it every day, but an entrepreneur in the nineties was a motherfucker that lived on a couch and didn't have a job. Mm. It wasn't Gary V. Mm -hmm. It wasn't her mosey. It yep. wasn't Jesse. It wasn't fucking cool. Nope. It was just like wacko person that came across as spacey and all over the place and always had another idea. You seen the movie, the founder, Oh man. Fucking Ray Kroc. That's an entrepreneur. That's an incredible that, movie. That hustler that was like, I'm selling these malt machines and I'm selling this other. Remember he went into the bank and everyone's fucking hating on him. Like, weren't you that knucklehead that came in with these other 12 fucking ideas? Entrepreneur mindset is something that's became very like cliche. Mm -hmm. That it's just like, I'm a grinder. I'm a hustler. I'm a, and again, love these dudes. I've gone through my phases with following all of them. The yep. Cardones, the Garys, the mm -hmm. Alexes, the all of them, like whatever your flavor is, whatever you relate to, that grind mentality just started in the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the culture before. So now this shit's cool. Like to be a hustler, to be a grinder, the side hustles that come out. When I think about like the abundance mindset, Sometimes you just got to look yourself in the mirror. Like, this is why I think business partnerships exist. You got to have one fucking crazy person that is just like the idea, the vision, the what are they going to do? Nine times out of 10, that fucking person sucks at like the working, the system, the <laughs> process the thing. You might have a person that's very conservative, but they are like the best person in the fucking world for building out the tool, the mm -hmm, widget, mm -hmm, the thing, the whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you got another guy that comes along. They go back to our homies at McDonald's. Yep. You got the two brothers. Yeah. That would have never fucking happened without Ray Kroc. He saw it and took it because they did oh, it man. and failed with the franchise. They couldn't get it because you saw how much work went in when he went to the investors and they're selling fucking tacos and chicken and all this different yep. shit. The pain, the madness that you have to go through to understand that, like owning a business is probably one of the hardest fucking things to do in the world. And again, I'm not saying everyone, go follow your passion, go follow your dream, go start that company, go make that sale, go do that shit. But I think what gets downplayed a lot of times is like the shit that comes along with it, the mm -hmm. risk, the financial commitments, the sleepless night, the fact that like, you know why there's so many of these fucking mastermind groups? Because everyone needs a fucking hug. Oh, yeah, like man. we all need to be in this room of gurus, of entrepreneurs, of people that are going through the same thing as us. When in reality, it's like, that's not always the case. Sometimes you just got to realize that like you signed up for this and accept how fucking hard it's going to be. And a lot of times people don't, they don't sign that contract right away. They go, I'm going to go do this and kind of dip my toe into yes. it. And then like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, yep. with expressing or voicing shit being difficult, but it's like, the fuck did you think this was going to be easy? Mm -hmm. If it was easy to run a business, if one hire, one campaign, one thing, if this was fucking easy, wouldn't everyone be a billionaire? There's like 400 of them in the world. And billion, again, I guess is a big, long statement, but it's just like coming to the realization that every fucking thing you signed up for is going to be hard. I've been told before that I have an abundance mindset. It's great. I'm just a realist. 
And so like, how do you train an abundance mindset? Come to fucking reality. <laughs> so, let's end with this. I now see why you have a relationship with Jesse Itzler. I'll never forget. I, and I saw just a couple of weeks ago, he's talking about one of his ridiculous races. And he goes, you know, I used to start by just walking and then running, walking and then running. Now he's doing like these the ultra all that. the craziness. Yeah. And he goes, now he goes, I'm doing a hundred miler or whatever. He goes, when it finally starts to hurt, I'm like, what took so long? Amen. Like, he's like, Amen. I know you were coming. And then he's like, and that's when it really starts. So next episode, we're going to be talking about the direct mail revolution, which I think for a lot of people is going to be surprising. But if you're passionate about it, I think people's ears are going to be open. I think people's eyes are going to be open by everything you're going to have to say about the direct mail revolution. Like most good things in life, there just becomes a time where the way of doing things isn't the way you do it anymore. And that's where we're at right now with mail. We'll see you next episode. Thank you for tuning in to Dope Conversations with me, Dave Carroll, and my incredible friends. From the depths of adversity to the peaks of success, we've journeyed through the intricate tapestry of business and life. Remember, every challenged face is an opportunity to redefine ourselves. As we close, reflect on the insights shared and considered how you can elevate your business and your personal journey. And until next time, keep your cup full and stay dope.